0: What's up, guys? Back with the RMR podcast episode 15. I'm Mitch Pfeiffer. Yo, what's good, JP? Checking in. Checking in. We missed last week. Um, nah, we're just really busy over here, man. And honestly, uh, you know, the podcast something we, we really want to stay consistent with. But last week, we honestly had so much work. And I think me and Joey ended up working until like 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> so good thing we didn't do the podcast. We probably went up to like 3.30 in the morning. Uh, you know, Not me. I wouldn't have stayed up. And we're, I mean, we get up early, so, um, you know, them late nights are no issue, but you got to get up early, and, and I got a kid, man, so to, so to do business and run around with a two-year-old, I got to get at least, you know, five, five, six hours of sleep or something. Um, but yeah, we're back, man. One of the hottest topics over here in the Washington cannabis market, obviously Joey's from, you know, got cut, cut his teeth up here in Washington, but is down there in California, but over the last week, it became apparent that a vape cartridge company in Washington, Unicorn Brands, uh, was accused and admitted to using synthetic D- Delta 9 THC in their vape cartridges that was converted from CBD isolate bought outside of the 502 regulatory system Terrible is a very big topic. Um, farmers are upset because clearly growing cannabis inside the 502 system is super expensive. It, it's labor. You know, if you can comp- compared to maybe foreign grown where labor is cheaper I mean, you, you have to pay a certain labor standard, you have to pay a certain testing standard, the cost of license, the, the cost of the real estate to grow. Um, it's very expensive as opposed to shipping in potentially bulk CBD isolate from you know, country where in Asia where you get lower cost of labor, lower cost of goods. Um, so it's an unfair market share advantage that was apparently found through some loophole. But one of the biggest issues for myself personally as a consumer, is that this was a synthetic product that was not labeled as such. Um, there was no information about this until they were caught on it, and then the LCB talked about it, verify, like basically verifying that they knew about it, but didn't know what the hell to do about it. And then Unicorn Brand put out some statement <laughs> that was basically like, well, this is within the law, and as long as the law's the law, we're gonna follow the law, uh, which was a really, really poor stance. Um, it's like getting caught, called that, you know, hey, we know you're doing some fucked up shit ethically. And they're like, hey, it's not breaking the law.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so really- poor- Now for the record, Unicorn Brands used to be who? Uh,
0: BMF, the same owner. Um, and I think structure is as BMF, which is no more, they have their own checkered history with, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe um, it was some- Proprietary intelligence systems and processes, theft of IP from their investor in Canadian company. And I think that lawsuit's still ongoing. Um, so if you follow kind of the trail of that company, ethics are in question that pretty much every step of the way. Um, they're involved with a uh, lobbyist group out here. I think they're one of the largest funders for this lobbyist group. And there's a lot of ethical things in question between the LCB and that group, I'm not going to state them here because I've not verified any of those for fact, but if you want to search it, it's on the internet. It's not looking too good, but at the same time, I have a feeling these guys are going to get away with what they're getting.
1: Dude, the system sucks, and it definitely is not in the in the consumer's favor. Uh, it does not protect us. It does not have our best interests at heart. A lot of these laws, a lot of this legislation was written in a way to get it pushed through, to be friendly to certain people, to be friendly to certain interests, and that's the reality, y'all. And it's unfortunate. And so this sucks. The cannabis companies, the cannabis brands that are obviously advocating against this being, you know, okay or law, you know, lawful, right? Uh, more, more power to you guys. You guys, you guys definitely got to stand up for, uh, for I, I would say like equal, equal footing. Um, but at the same time. You know, unicorn doing some really wild, uneth- unethical things. Clearly, they've been doing some shit the last few years. It just really isn't, you know, it's just not positive, man. So we gotta yeah. we gotta get that, we gotta get them out. So. Yeah,
0: and, and you look at, you know, I'm not too familiar with the process, but you know, I believe there's added chemicals and things to this process to turn uh, CBD isolate, I believe, to delta eight and then to delta nine, or maybe it just goes straight to delta nine. Again, I'm not a scientist, but i i what i what i've heard from numerous people in the industry is the 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 chemicals used in that transaction that transition are not tested for so you have a consumer safety issue here and then ultimately again it's just you're not informing the customers of what the product actually is which i think is just severely unethical and we fought a long way to get weed legal and to have such a legal thing and for people to be selling fake stuff on the market without clarifying that it's fake, they're selling the fake Gucci's out the store, man. That's all bad. Um, yeah, can't fuck can't with that. And to echo what Joey said, you know, the LCB is notoriously slow for anything. Um, apparently, you know, the Joints for Jabs program, they're able to push that through at the drop of a dime. But consumer safety is not even on their radar. So if the people don't rile up and make an issue about this, there likely will be no recourse um, we we statement. demand. We
1: need to demand <laughs> transparency from these companies. We need to demand and ex- come to expect that things are going to be labeled properly. We need to demand and come to expect, and then argue when it doesn't actually happen as well. This right. is th- this is what happens when people have time and money, and and the energy and the ability and the capacity to be able to go identify these loopholes and shit like that. There's a comment here saying black market stand up. Again, the issue with that is, is as a patient, that's not safe for me. So if that's your mom, if that's your sister, if that's your grandma and they really need it, the traditional market is not an acceptable place to go get some actual medicinal cannabis. Unless it might be in farmers. terms of, no, because even still, the grower can be different phenotypes and certain stress can make a plant be inconsistent. So again, the science needs to be stated that you need consistency, not to say commercial growers only, but you need a combination of craft and commercial growers doing years and years of things. They need to be able to have access to quality testing, consistent standards and things like that. And it just doesn't exist yet. And so everything even right now as consistent as we think it is. It's, it's not. Colorado does one thing. Seattle does one thing. Spokane does one thing. Companies have different SOPs in multiple States. It's, No one has standardized stuff for the most part. It's wild. So exactly. And so with that
0: being said, Joey, you know, off a unicorn brand and the cheap hot dog, fake hot dog, water dissolute carts. What are you smoking on at this current moment? Is it unicorn brand vape carts?
1: I'm smoking on the Cure Company King Lotto.
0: King Lotto, the brand. Fresh drop,
1: drop, fresh drop of the King Lotto Cure Company. It's their Cure Lotto cross with the King Louis OG, my man absolutely incredible i got the oms rolling papers these organic priests uh uh, arabic gum super fire really slow burning some of the slowest burning joints i've been rolling and then you already know the deal look at the live resin bait man look at the oil in that come on bro
0: i got i got i get when i land uh down there i got to get some of that king lotto but So I'm smoking on. I got this. I think I did this a couple weeks ago. I did a review on it. I think it was what I was smoking on here. The Paris Cannabis, this Lemon Agave, man. Again, I think I spoke about this last time. I picked out, I bought four Ace. I picked out three things I wanted. I let the Budtender pick out for me. I had told her I was not a Sativa fan or a GMO fan, and she gave me a Sativa with a GMO cross. And the, this thing is excellent. Um, I was just down at the Reef again, and that's where I bought it the first time. I had to see if it was in stock. It was in stock. It was a nice sunny day. The lemon agave sounded like the perfect complement to the sunny day. I got it. This shit is some gas. Some gas. Really big fan of this. Um, I might have to reach for it every time I see it.
1: So it's like that, huh?
0: Yeah. It's 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 some heat. Um, oh, and then I also
1: I got this this one too. It's a infused. It's an infused blunt. L.A. Family Farms, uh, Connoisseur's Choice, reusable glass tip. Okay. Yeah, we, we try different stuff. You know, there's 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 good stuff. Like here in L.A., we got access to the lemonades, the cookies. There's Steezy stores. This is from a smaller store. There's all these different craft growers. Like there's all this different stuff in this rec market, right? And then there's literally the traditional market pop-ups still happening. The sessions here in L.A. That's like they never they never stopped. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be seeing major articles out there too saying Chicago and Illinois specifically got the same problem with those kinds of sessions and these underground brands and the trap shops. So I think it's super dope. I think the culture is clearly strong. There's a lot of people growing weed. The genetics are spreading out there like wildfire. So everyone just continue to get it in smoke and fire. And uh, I believe we have a special guest today. Oh, he just dropped out. I got to wait for him to come back in. Oh, Uh, man.
0: Yeah, right before the intro.
1: That's funny. Uh, well either way yeah. I'm gonna I'm to roll another one of these uh these little thing things up. I'll show you the bud too. Look at this.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah.
1: Does it
0: lean more on the OG or a little bit more on the gelato? It
1: smells like a straight up gelato, like a straight up gelato, but the bud structure is a hundred percent OG. Okay. Look at look at this one. Okay. Got big nice Fucking okay.
0: fat wide joint OG yeah, structure.
1: It's,
0: yeah, it's wow. Yeah, I gotta pick that up when I when I get out there. So I guess that, that's something that we could that we can touch on. 710 LA. We'll be at the Hazy LA event. Hazy LA
1: checking in. We coming, we here. Mitch is flying out. We serving up dabs. We doing a podcast out there. We got brands. We encourage you to get involved. My, we got we're gonna have a special guest. Justin, are you coming? Seven ten, you' about to be there. We're about to have Justin Kirsten on the podcast, y'all. We're about to have him there live on seven ten, taking big dabs, big rosin dabs, man. Come on, bro. Yeah,
0: a couple of the Cali homies are coming out. I've seen a couple of people might might drive up from from San Diego. Hey,
1: uh, yeah, it's about to know? be
0: crazy. The domes yeah, to- at, at the dome venue. It's about to be lit, man. So we'll we'll be doing the podcast live on seven ten. That's a Saturday. You know, we usually do the Wednesdays for the podcast, but that week we might do a Wednesday and a Saturday. Um, and a Sunday. No, I'm leaving at six a.m. So if you want to do it, at it... I'm doing it. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, you do it's it. 11, yeah, okay. I, got,
1: I got, it's eleven a.m. on a Sunday. I got I got a, we got a work That's an episode.
0: All right. all right, all right, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, but that'll be good, man. It'll be a good time. Uh, you know, seven ten event. Uh, I haven't really been. I've been to one event. I went to the Fremont Friday Seattle Sessions event like a week or two ago, two weeks ago now. That was the first time I was really outside in the last year and a half. And uh, saw a lot of the music homies from the Seattle scene. Damn, uh, I can only imagine how
1: awkward you are because you're already super awkward. And like, damn, after a year of not being around people, like that face you're making right now, I can only imagine how bad it was up there. Oh, uh, you know, there was a lot of love, man. I, I, I People gravitated towards me because
0: I was rolling up gorilla fingers in the backwoods. And everyone man. was like, Oh, Mitch, you know, respect my region, you got the gas, let me and I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I don't share <laughs> boys anymore. Ever since COVID happened, I don't share weed, man. So um, you know, when the couple of the real homies came, I would, I would be hitting the backwood and I might spark a little joint up, hit it once or twice and pass them the joint. But you know, I didn't pass the wood, bro. I smoked like nine grams of weed in a couple hours and I didn't pass that shit once, bro.
1: Damn. How was your throat the next day though? Bro, it hurt so bad
0: because of that. And the first time I was talking, you know, over music, you know what I mean? At, yeah, a line, yeah, yeah. The first time I was actually projecting my I lost my voice in like 30 minutes it was yeah you always used
1: to lose your lose your voice hella fast when we were at events I know it's
0: it's yeah it's like 11 know. o'clock
1: and Mitch is done
0: I don't know why I just got bitch-ass vocal cords bro it's just like these motherfuckers need to hit the gym or something bro because like, you were you
1: spent too much time in your early days uh, uh mcing for Mike Champeau oh wow I
0: think I'd train it but all right all right well anyways our special guest is in the building man we're about to bring him in here let's go We got music industry hustler and entrepreneur Q the question. What is going on, Q?
2: You know, I'm good. You know, just grinding, you know, working hard, you know, you know, just staying on that constant grind. I literally just got back in the house 30 minutes ago. So now I'm here with y'all doing this interview, you know.
1: We we appreciate you
2: being here with us today, my man. Thank you so much. Thank you all for having me on the
0: show. Yeah, I know. I know from social media, man, always moving and in the streets with it, not just online, but in the streets with it, man. Could you could you give the people a little bit of the background
2: of some of the many things that you do? Yeah. So, you know, make a long story short, you know, they know me ask you the question from Philadelphia, born and raised. Um, I started off in the business as a journalist, you know, writing with the source, Hip Hop DX, YourRaps.com. That's kind of like how I started in the business, you know, Mm -hmm. basically a hip hop journalist. And from doing that, I just built up a lot of relationships and been doing publicity, marketing, and just moving and shaking and working with my artists on my label as well.
0: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. And so like I I touched on it a little bit. I know know you're big on putting the action in there and then also preaching it out there, being online, making sure people are are not sloughing on their digital, but also being in the streets. And it seems in this day and age, a lot of people really lean to you know, Instagram and online and and try and put a lack of effort in the streets. So can you touch on a little bit of kind of your your viewpoint of why it's why it's important to be in the streets, whether it's billboards or I know you be out there personally putting up posters, shaking hands, talking to people. What is the importance of actually being out there meeting people in person?
2: Well, you know, it's all about connecting. You know, you know, we live in this generation now where, you know, people don't know how to communicate, especially like a lot of newer people that's coming up in this business. And You got to know how to talk to people. I mean, social media is great. You know, I'm on social media promoting a lot. My team is, but it's just nothing like that one on one connection. You know, there's actually, you know, meet up with somebody, actually look them in the eye, looking confident, having a connection. And the problem with social media, I mean, y'all know this already, everything you see on social media is not real. You know what I mean? So, you know, I try to let people know that, you know, and I try to break it down. Like, you got to be in them streets. The funny part is when I talk to a lot of up and coming artists, and you know when we try to come up with marketing campaigns for them, they will hit me up and be like, "Well, I want a billboard." But you would tell them about getting posters in the streets as well, and they'd be like, "That's old school." But I'm like, "How? When a billboard, you got to go outside to see it as well." But the reason <laughs> they so they, they more interested in a billboard because a billboard is biggest day, and it's like, "Wow, look at me!" It strokes your ego. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, a lot of times it might not be in a budget, but so that's why I say get some posters in the street because they're going to be all over the city. So a lot of times they don't get the business side because they're excited to get a billboard because they want everybody to say, oh, wow, look at me. But they might say, okay, the posters is old school. But how? Because they both got to see it because you didn't say that about the billboard because you got to go outside to see that, right. right? So, you know, when you look at billboards, stickers on trash cans, posters on the polls, you know, people got to go outside every day. You got to go pick up your kids. You got to go to school. You got to go to work. You know, you got to go to the barbershop. You got to go grocery shopping. And when it comes to the marketing aspect, you see over 2,000 ads a day. Two to 3,000 ads mm-hmm. a day, they say. They say the average person sees. Sometimes you see ads and you don't even realize it because it was beating your subconscious. Then you look back six months later and be like, damn, I seen that somewhere. You know, when right. you look at McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, Coca-Cola... They advertise like crazy. Go outside, look by the bus stop, the billboards. You see it every day. So I try to make sure that it's a connection of both online and in the street.
0: Right. And that's, well, and that's important, you know, whether you're doing sales, right? It takes what they say, like seven up to at least seven touches to, to you know, to convert a sale. And then same thing with marketing. you got to see something like seven to 13 times for your mind to, to connect the dots before you convert on taking an action with it. And so when people focus on just social media or just Instagram, if they look at that analytics of the ads they run, the frequency, you know, it's usually in the one point something to three point something times that a single person will serve that ad. And so we're not hitting that seven to 13 times that it takes to get that action. And so exactly what you're saying, if you're hitting some social media ads on a specific neighborhood and you're plastering that bitch with posters and you got stickers everywhere, motherfuckers are seeing that shit 10, 20, 30 times, whether, like you said, whether it's conscious or not,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, just like you said, I can't remember the exact rule, but it was a rule called like the 728 something rule where it was like, all right, it takes seven times for somebody to remember the name. Then it was like yeah. another 28 times for somebody to affiliate what that name is affiliated with as far as like, what does that name represent? Then it's like, okay, they know what the name represents, but what is that? And then it takes like another 20 times. To, it, it was something crazy. And it was like, yeah. then it takes like another 20 times for them to be like, okay, I know the name. I know what the company represents. Now I know what they sell or something like that. So, yeah, you 100 percent right. correct.
0: Yeah, you 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 got it. You got to see it, man. You got to see it. And um and like for people out there, you know, that are marketing, like for just from watching you on social media, like you love the grind. You know, if I'm not mistaken, you love the grind. And I think that's a big aspect of like if people are really trying to make shit happen. It's not in the oh look at me at the billboard. It's in the, the, the grind aspect is the vehicle that's gonna get you to the destination.
2: Exactly what well, well, well here's the thing you notice already, Mitch. Um, you know, a lot of times people want to be in this business, and it's great the glit, the glitz, the grammar, the popularity you get. And a lot of times people want to be in this business because of what they see from the outside looking in. But we do a lot of work that nobody sees, you know, they don't see the grind of right. saying, All right, you let's wake up six o'clock in the morning and flood the whole hood with posters. You know, let's put a team together to hit these trash cans with all these stickers. Running the a yeah, social media ad, they, they see these me, podcasts. Exactly, me doing these interviews. You know, uh, you know, sitting down with different radio stations. You know, to promote these records. Calling a calling twenty to thirty DJs a week, trying to get them to play the record in a club or on a radio or get it to their next mixtape. You know, doing these press releases. You know, running these YouTube ads. It's a grind. You know, and you know, I mean, you this already. People see the final result, but they don't see the work. I love the grind, you know, because it leads to that result that we all chase. But it Mm -hmm. is a lot of work that goes into it, but I'm passionate about it. But, you know, you got to be built for it. And unfortunately, everybody's not. They just see it. It becomes like a wave. Oh, I'm a rapper. I'm a singer. But nobody's really built for the long haul. Well, I'm not going to say nobody. The majority are not. A couple of grind for a couple of months, three, four months down the line, I ain't fucking with that rap shit no more.
0: 100 percent, man, when they see how much work it is. So for you, I mean, we kind of touched on a little bit of it, but for you, what does a successful campaign consist of in
2: promoting music in 2021? Well, like I said, it's a combination of everything. If the rapper gets to because, you know, success is based on the individual. But the goal, what I do with every artist, if you get to a point where you're generating an income, that's successful. Because everybody has a goal on how big they want to get. You got artists that want to be as big as a megastar. And you then you got some that's okay if they're making six figures a year. They don't got to no longer work a nine to five. So success is really based on the individual. But if we could put that artist in a position where he don't got to be slaving at a nine to five and he's making, you know, a, a few thousand a month off his merch, you know, he's making, he's getting five-figure shows, even if he's getting four-figure shows and a high number consistently, that's a successful campaign. Is it overnight? No, I might say, all right, we have to bust our ass with you once we sign on a client, or if it's a personal artist that I'm working with on my label, and it might be a 12 to 18 12 to 18 month process. Social media has made it a lot much easier, but it's still a lot of groundwork you got to cover. But if we could put that artist in a position where he's no longer working a nine to five and he's actually eating off music, we made it happen.
1: Yeah, that's impact. That's having measurable impact right there.
2: Exactly, exactly. Because you know, you get these dudes on here that talk all this stuff about how hot they are, but ain't nobody making no damn money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so my goal is to yo, how to make that transition from from a from a hobby to a career, you know, and it you know it requires money, you know?
0: Yep. And so and this is gonna vary on artist to artist, but and so you might not have a a, a concrete belief one or the other way, but for you, do you think in 2021 it's more important to build an artist up to get to a label or to build it up and go independent?
2: It depends. You know, it's funny you ask me that because I made a long post about that the other day. And a lot of times everybody think I'm pro-independent. And, you know, I know this whole narrative that major labels are the evil empire. Now, is that to say that major labels have never done dirt? Absolutely no. But they do have that machine where they say, all right, if Mitch decided he wanted to become a rapper and he does a deal with Columbia Records, next thing you know, a week later, they got you in a Pepsi commercial. Now, yeah. Do you have to be signed to a major label to make a lot of money off of music? No, but when you get to like that megastar level, most of those artists are signed. When you look like at, when you look at your big A list and B list acts, they're signed. So it just depends on the artist's goal. A lot of times, if the artist is buzzing independently and he want to take and he or she wants to take that next leap, and a label comes knocking, if it makes sense financially, I tell the artist, do what you feel is best. I'm not one of those all day to evil empire. They want to rob you because they're using their yeah. machine to put you to that next platform. Right. But if you yeah. don't really agree with the contract terms or you don't want to be like that big megastar, as long as you good making six figures, maybe a good seven figures and you cool, you know, as long as you're able to put food on the table and you want to stay independent and you getting your little 20, 30,000 a show, stay independent. So it just comes down to the art, the artist, you know, go, if they want to be a big megastar and they want to go get bigger, if they want that, go to the major, you know? But music yeah. has changed where, you got a lot of resources and you can make a shitload of money without signing a deal. Exactly. So it just depends, you know, in this era, you just can't wait on the label. The whole narrative of I just send a record exec, my demo, and they're going to listen to it and call me. Nah, like you got to get out here and grind to build up that momentum. And that's the beauty yeah. of the independent now where you could build up that momentum on your own without nobody. You're going to have to spend some yeah. money, but you got the right. resources, like respect my region. I mean, think about this, like Thanks to social media, I'm in Philly, y'all in Seattle, and we connected through social media. So it goes to show right. how easy it is.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. For any for anybody that wants to know how someone from Seattle that's not in any was not a we're not Niche and I were not journalists. We we're not from the music industry. How we found it was we went looking for journalists in the industry, and then we started looking through the people they followed. So right. for So anybody right. that has been wor- wondering how to get in the industry start commenting and supporting just like we did with you. Like, yo, I fuck with this. Oh shit, you're right. Oh man, really appreciate the game. Yo, what you just said is mad inspiring. Like, damn near a, a hundred comments later, here we are, right, on the podcast together. It, it's that, it's that, from just a consistent grind, that's all it is, you know? And we started seeing, I started seeing other people in the Pacific Northwest start commenting on your shit now too appreciate it man you know you,
2: you know yeah. you know a lot of times people get all up in their feelings on what i say but i don't give a fuck i speak my mind but i feel like i say the shit they need to hear you know man yeah. you got
1: you got, your perspective is extremely valuable what 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 you're doing to promote music in very targeted ways old school times new school it works and when you combine it with digital resources like the where you're talking about whether it's us or the other shit that's out there it's very very powerful you want to be on blogs, and you want to work with people like. Cue the question, for any music artist watching. No doubt, no, man. Appreciate the comments man. I appreciate y'all do. for
2: having me on here. To you know, to sh- the show love, to show love to my movement. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, and for you too. Like, I'm, you work with artists, you do promotions. Um, you got the label and then also, I don't, I don't want to go too much on this tangent, but I also know you got some books for sale on Amazon, man. Yeah. So I want, you to be, I want you to talk about whether you're an artist or whether you're hustling in this, you know, in whatever space you're in, the importance of multiple streams of revenue.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, you got to understand this is America. It's a capitalism country and you got to get as much money as you can to survive out here, but still be passionate about what you do. So you are just not working for a check, but you don't like what you do. So to answer your question, you know, I got a couple books out right now. The first one is, you know, I wrote it back in 2013, but like over the last 10 months, the sales been skyrocketing. And uh, that book is called The Secret to Speaking Spanish Fluently in Less Than a Year. So that's out right now on hey. Amazon. That's actually my bestseller over the other book that I have, which is how to make it in the music industry. But my book on speaking Spanish like that's been killing it, you know, so I'm very thankful for all the people that's been purchasing the book, you know.
1: Hell yeah. I'm going to, Mitch, we got to pick up a copy of that. Go buy Go buy one for me. I'm trying to learn Spanish and I need to get that music industry book too. We need, we need to get everybody on the team a copy of that.
2: No doubt, no doubt, man. You know what? Since y'all got me on the show, I just go ahead and give y'all like a free copy. Like I just email it to y'all since y'all still showing me love. So, you know, you know man. what I mean? Now don't get me wrong. I'm a hustler. So if y'all want to purchase it and give me that bread, I'm cool with that too. <laughs> I'm still, but hey bro. I email I'm y'all still, a copy.
1: I'm still, we going, to we going to support
0: the real way. Uh, appreciate that. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's important and people don't understand like putting out like a book like that you put out in 2017 and you're seeing the most sales you've ever seen eight years later, you know, yeah, Ukraine, yeah. Well, 20, 13. 13. Well, I wrote the book
2: in 2013, but and that's the crazy thing about like how it's not an overnight grind because when I first wrote it, you know, I was probably selling maybe three, four copies a month, but I just kept grinding, 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 pushing it. And as I got bigger as a quote unquote, right, record label exec, publicist, promoter, the whole nine, the sales just been going up along with that whole brand of Q to questions. So like, the last 10 months, man, like we've been selling, I've been selling books like hot kicks, you know?
0: Yeah, that's, that's That's crazy, man. I'm happy for you on that. That's right. In that narrative of being all, you know, being online, right? Like it's built around a completely different passion. I mean, that first title, completely different passion or subject than the music industry, but it's still the hustling online, you know? So there's a consistency in what you're doing.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You know, and yeah, you know, and and, uh, you just got to do a little bit of everything, but you know, like the answer to that question, though, but definitely, you know, grab that book on speaking Spanish, you know, with the Hispanic community pop, you know, growing by like faster than the speed of light. And just, you know, to be a bilingual, you know, and a you got to understand, like in a, in a country like America that's capitalist, it's a competitive market out there. And it's always good to have those extra skills just to separate you from everybody else. So even if you don't speak Spanish, even if when you do read the book, let's just say you want to learn Russian or Mandarin or... Italian or something, Portuguese, whatever the language is. You know, the whole point of it is like just to have that extra skill, of being bilingual, because you know the opportunities that, that that's going to happen in your career. You know, it's going to be like second to none. It's phenomenal. So, pick up any second language is good. To be honest with you,
1: mm. hell yeah, nice. I speak a little Spanish myself, but that's what I'm saying. I need to get to that fluent level so that way when I'm here in L.A., I can really be having conversations.
2: Hey, man, whenever man. you get stuck and you want to learn new words, just hit me up, man. I'll hook you up and I- I'll teach you a couple of lessons. I got you.
1: I appreciate you, man. That's good. Man. That's that's love. No doubt.
0: And so I want to take it a little bit back. You know, we we're talking about the independent versus label grind. Um, but in your eyes, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there. And this is something I know you have a great understanding on. A lot of people want, you know, their end goal is to get signed. What do you see in kind of twenty the 2020s, if you will? What are labels looking at from artists?
2: Well... It's not like how it used to be back then, where you can just be an artist, you know, because now they're looking for a brand. Like, let's just say hypothetically, y'all decided to start a rap group. It's like, all right, y'all might rap good, y'all might got a couple of songs, but do you have a brand where I can say, all right, can we do an endorsement deal with Nike? Can we put him in a, a commercial with Coca-Cola? And he's going to be able to make that commercial phenomenal for Super Bowl weekend. Uh, because it's not just about being an artist no more. The artist is like the leg that kind of like gets the machine running, but they're looking at the right. overall package. I, you know, I always like to use Cardi B as a perfect example, how, you know, she's funny. She got charisma. She got a personality. You know what I mean? She got music out right now, but then she does deals with like so many different brands, you know, Megan Thee Stallion, Cardi B, Travis Scott, Post Malone, you know, all of the big artists, you know, they're doing deals with everybody. So a lot of times labels, when you do go the major route, they just don't want to buy that just an artist. They want to see somebody that's an overall brand. You know, putting you in movies, you know, that you know, I mean, y'all know what's going on with these rappers now. They get paid, they get paid like athletes and getting endorsements like athletes for real. Right. So it's just like you know, what is your overall brand? You know, not just somebody that can just get on stage and rap and sing, can we do a bunch of other things in that process? And that's what they're looking for. You know, do you have a whole movement? And that's the whole purpose of Gronda independently getting hot on your own when they come knocking on your door. But the days of just thinking you're just gonna throw a couple songs on YouTube and SoundCloud and a is some executive and just gonna randomly call you to save your life. Nah, it ain't happening. Get out there, put out your grind. You know, build up a platform on social media, do these interviews, and they're gonna see what they working with. You know, and even if they don't see your vision, they will eventually.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. A lot of the, a lot of the people that are that are working and curating music for Netflix and curating music for movies and commercials and and those brands. They all got jobs and immediately changed their LinkedIn descriptions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So all those companies people want to work with, start looking through their employees on LinkedIn. You will discover five to 10 people that could potentially change your life at any one of those brands. And all you need is one great example for you to kill it. And then you just got to copy, paste, repeat your hustle. And you got to
2: get lucky and go get it. And that's the good thing about social media, you know, because social media allows you to directly connect with people, connect directly to your fans. Yeah. You know how like back in the day, if you wanted to work for a certain radio show or a magazine, now these days it's like, yo, you just start your own movement online. You don't got no, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like gatekeepers, like, oh, I hope this executive at MTV gives me a shot to start a TV show. Now you have motherfuckers creating their own TV shows online, right. blowing that shit yeah. up on social media. Next thing you know, Netflix is calling them for a six-figure deal or a seven-figure deal. So it's like, nice. now we do live in an era where there's no gatekeepers. You want to write a book? You don't got to wait for no fucking publisher to give you a deal. Just write that shit and build up that movement, generate those sales, and next thing you know, Simon & Schuster might call you for something crazy. So now, nah. whatever you want to do, like whether you want to be an Instagram model, a rapper, a singer, a journalist, the door is out there for anybody to get popping. Thanks to social media.
1: Right.
0: 100%. right. And, I, and I, I think to the point we were talking about earlier, I think so many people get caught up, not even just rappers, but, you know, young kids or whatever our dreams or we aspire to be. We see that end goal and we think, oh, I just need to get the gatekeeper to just put me in position and I'll get that TV show or get this. And I don't have the connections. Nope. Even if you went that route, the corporate route, you got to start pushing mail and grind your way up. So it's like you can go the corporate route, start in the fucking dirt and push your way up or just start that shit in your bedroom and push it the way up. It's going to be a lot of hard work either way.
2: Hey, I look at it like this, man. You see how hard I grind in these streets? We used to fuck these Philly streets up to the point where everybody was knowing my name, me and my crew. We had them SK records posted everywhere. And next thing you know, all the labels Start hitting me up. Yo, can you do my shit? Can you and your team do my shit? <laughs> and it's just that ground, like, we ain't waiting on nobody to give us a shot. We're going to get our own shit popping. You know what I mean? And we used to yeah. tear the streets up. You know what I mean? Them city workers, they used to get mad as shit at us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I've been seeing you with the billboards, the posters, the SKE for a minute. And so that's just the perfect example that you didn't wait to work for another label or do that. You just built your own hustled so hard that other labels looked at what you were doing in your market and said, we don't have anyone putting in the type of work ethic and street smarts you got in your market. Can we cut you a check to do something
2: for Yeah, yeah. And that was, a, th- that's the funny thing about it. Cause remember, you remember this Mitch, I was just doing that shit just to get my own shit hot, but we used yeah. to tear the streets up so crazy. And this is not even cabin, yo, you during that time when we first started hitting the SK records, posters all over the hood and Sean Archer posters, You could not go nowhere in Philadelphia without seeing it somewhere. That's how hard we hit the streets. And then a lot of independent artists start hitting me up because they used to call me and be like, yo, who the fuck is SKE Records? Like, they bought it at the barbershops, the gas stations. You know, we had them in North Philly, West Philly, South Philly, the whole hood. And throughout the last four years, like now, labels is calling me, blowing my phone up. Like, they want that work. And I've been building my relationships and that's a perfect example how I was just doing my own shit independently. But I got so high in the streets, people started to talk. And when you do good business, they see your grind. People gonna eventually reach out. And I try to tell artists, man, like it wasn't easy. You know, waking up six, seven in the morning, putting up posters by the bus stop. Sometimes we'll start maybe at five o'clock in the summertime when it's hot as shit, depending on everybody's schedule. And we grind. We, you know, it was grinding. You know, you can't deny that grind. You know, we'll put up maybe three, four hundred in a week. You know what I'm saying?
0: Right. Right. And that's that's the thing. The, pr- the proof is in it. I mean, it's our, our journey, Joey and I's journey in the cannabis industry is the same thing. We, we, we took our brand and started doing so much work in the cannabis space. We didn't even intend on starting a marketing agency. To this day, we don't even have a separate business license or DBA for an agency. It's just all under our normal brand. But brands started reaching out to us saying, I like what you do for you. Can you do it for us? And that's how we started building up clientele in the cannabis space, the, almost the exact same way.
2: No doubt, no doubt, man. You never know, man. Maybe we need to start hitting the streets with some of y'all stuff out here and get some break into this East Coast market.
0: No, already. You know, get we get ready. some
2: flyers and posters and shit out here. We'll work. We'll talk about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, I think, man, we're covering a lot and this is good shit out there for our music audience. I hope people are, are, are taking notes, man. Um, Anybody you- who's building a brand should be taking notes. Right. Right. And that's something that we all that we always preach on this podcast. Is sometimes we talk music, sometimes we talk cannabis. But if someone's really paying attention, no matter what we're talking about, if you're building anything, there's game to be grabbed from any either of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know, you know, for me, the best books that I ever read for that help me in whatever industry I'm in, mean, whether it's the music industry, cannabis industry, the things the best books that I read are just on marketing in general, or might be the examples might be how Ford Motors built some shit. And I'm not in the automotive industry, but those examples and those concepts help relate into what I'm doing in my craft. Um, do you have anything out there in terms of books, resources, or podcasts, things like that, that you've stayed tapped into that have helped kind of build your understanding?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a big, you know, as you know, I'm a big reader, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm reading a book right now by Malcolm Gladwell. Why? Well, I just finished it. It's called The Tipping Point. And yeah. The whole purpose of that book, he breaks down how nothing is an overnight success. And, you know, a lot of times when somebody, quote unquote, blows up or when a company becomes hugely successful, it's because it reached a tipping point where it eventually tips over. Because it's all the small stuff you did over the years that it explodes like a volcano. So that's a book that I recommend you read, you know, uh, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. One of my favorite podcasts as far as music industry stuff, it's a podcast called Music Biz 101. And they interview like a lot of the top publicists, promoters, executives, booking agents. So that's one of my favorite podcasts that I recommend for anybody that's kind of like on a come up that want to be in this business. You gotta kind of like know what's going on. So Music Biz 101 is one of my favorite podcasts. They have it on SoundCloud, and I listen to that like weekly, you know? Okay.
0: So, okay. I gotta scope that out. And so taking it back a little bit to, to the label, man, SKE the records, how did that come about? And and what was your inspiration for starting a label?
2: Well, you know, uh, when I first started it, I had a partner, you know what I'm saying? We kind of like went our separate ways and do our own thing now. So, you know, it was just the ups and downs of working with different artists, trying to get it off the ground, spending a ton of money, you know, you know, just having differences and moving our separate ways. But now this shit is starting to take off, you know? And that's just part of the game. But we get. it was always a dream of mine to start a label because obviously I started in the business as a journalist. But the goal was to become a record exec. You know, I always felt like I had a good ear for talent. I'm very passionate about music. And, you know, just growing up, you know, looking at Damon Dash, Russell Simmons, Puffy, Birdman, Jay Prince, Irv Gotti. You know, all of the r- labels when we was coming up. Def Jam, you know, Bad Boy, Rockefeller, No Limit. You know the whole nine. And mm. I was like, I always felt like I had, I, had, I had the skills to do what they did. You know, I always felt like I, I had the ability. And that's where the inspiration came, you know.
0: Hell yeah, hell yeah. So what's what are some of the differences between that you notice between markets, whether it's from city to city or um, you know the south from the east, from the southeast, you know, down in Florida, the West Coast. What do you what do you feel like? Are there you feel like there's nuances and differences in these markets and how people respond to things and marketing?
2: Yeah, it's funny, man. You know, every market is different because you know it comes down to like how you promote an artist depending on the market. But I noticed that, you know, once I start looking at certain markets, like the South, the South is huge on street promotion. Like the Dirty South, you know, they come from like that straight out the trunk, independent grind, where like up here, everybody wasn't really hip to it until until I start crushing these Philly streets, now everybody's doing it now. But the South is like big, everywhere is big on the internet, but the South was like, when it came to like independent rap, the Dirty South, Louisiana, Atlanta... You know, Florida, Miami, uh, you know, Mississippi, Texas, they like big on the independent scene. And uh, it's crazy because like I haven't really done a lot in the West Coast yet. I'm still building that up. But I was promoting it like the the Midwest, but like I guess South Dakota would be considered the Midwest. And I didn't know a damn thing about South Dakota, but thanks to social media being on my grind, I connected with a promoter out in South Dakota, and I didn't realize how big of a hip hop market that South Dakota had. So you know, things vary from the East Coast, you know, to the South, to the Midwest. And I'm pretty sure y'all know in the West Coast. And you just got to yeah. figure out how to, like, target each market. You know, what's allowed there, what's not allowed there, what type of music they react, they react to. Are they big or independent, rap, or are they only follow mainstream? So it just depends. And that's why it's very important where if you're not from that market, you just can't assume you got to connect with all of the promoters in that market so they could give you an idea of what goes on out there, you know? So you're just not kicking out money, yeah. wasting it. Just cause, like you gotta like connect with people in that market because they're they they better to tell you than you instead of you just reading some stuff on the internet. I'm pretty sure y'all know more about LA and Seattle than I would, and it's same vice versa. If y'all was to do some stuff in Philly, I know how the market works out here. You know,
0: right? Yep. And and that's important. You know, that's important. Whether a brand, you know, for us cannabis start is a state by state thing. So whether a brand is scaling from state to state or an artist is looking to build momentum in a new market. You know, it's very important to tap in with the people there authentically. You got to understand how shit moves, but you got to also know people because you can't just pull up into someone else's city and start making moves. There's a variety of reasons why you can't always do that. But, you know, it's definitely important for people to stay tapped in, use the internet to connect and then pull up in person um, and really build and and the importance of building in other markets.
2: Exactly, man. Because I looked at it like this, right? I looked at it like this. Okay. Once we start getting a nice local presence, and I was already killing the internet, but you know, once I start getting a, like a nice local presence in Philly, I was like, man, I gotta start in order for my shit to get bigger, I gotta tap into other markets. And that's when I was doing a Facebook post, like, yo, like, who's the street promoters in these markets? I'm willing to pay you. And next thing you know, like, South Dakota, Atlanta, uh, you know, obviously, I had ties in New York already because New York is two hours away from Philly um, South Dakota, Atlanta, Raleigh, North Carolina, Greensboro, North Carolina. So a big shout out to my team in North Carolina, Atlanta, South Dakota, New York, you know, my crew here in Philly, you know, cause we've been going hard. So, you know, big shout out to them as well for going hard in those markets. All
0: right. And then I, I got, I got one question on Philly specifically for you. Cause I can't remember if I seen you comment on this or seen you post about this, but who, Who are some of you could be top three, top five? Who are the top Philly rappers of all time for you?
2: Top Philly rappers of all time. Top five, definitely Beanie Siegel. I would definitely say Meek Mill. I would definitely say Eve. Beanie Siegel, Meek Mill, Eve. I would definitely say, hmm. You got to put Black Thought up there, obviously
0: yeah 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 so what is
2: that for and it's not an order but beanie seagull is my favorite out of all of them but this is no order i'm just saying in general so you got meek Mill, beanie seagull eve black thought um you know who i would say right now who else man fuck it sean archer
0: sean archer putting your mans up there got
2: to man why not shit you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah, y'all, y'all been putting in work. So, man, talk talk a little bit about you know you talked a little bit about putting the posters up, but how how have you been building Sean in in the Philly market? What's kind of been the strategy behind getting him out there?
2: Yeah, it's crazy, man, because you know now he's picking up a following, he's been putting in that work over the last three four years, just killing him. You know what I mean? He just dropped a new video, and it goes to show how like you know it's all about having that uh that chemistry. You know, whenever I say yo, I need you to do this interview, or I need some GJs. I got some DJs that want some radio drops. Knock out these hundred drops over the next couple of days. It's just that grind. In the beginning, when you first manage or, quote, unquote, work with an artist, you're trying to figure it out, then throughout time, you figure out what works for them. We know what is his brand, what is his image, what is his charisma, what is his persona? And we just been building up that local buzz, and that's when I start promoting them at different markets. So right now, the hard work is paid off. You know, we, And we was grinding heavy, man. We was putting Ske Records and oh. Sean Archer posters everywhere. And now you know he's doing interviews, he's building this nice li- local independent following. The show money's about to start coming in because you know he's built up like that that buzz in the tri-state, and we just been killing it. So, right now he got his EP out right now called uh for y'all. Whatever y'all, if y'all haven't already, check it out when y'all get a chance. And he just dropped a new video, it's the intro to for y'all. So check that joint out when mm-hmm. y'all get a chance. And it's just that constant daily grind in the beginning, you just throwing shit at the wall. But yeah. you eventually figure it out, what sticks, you
0: know? Yeah. And I, I can't remember if you had a tagline for him, but I know, what, what's the SKE you, you put on the billboards and the posters. is the hottest label in the... Yeah, yeah yeah, it?
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was the biggest label on rap.
0: The biggest label rap. And so, like, I think the importance of, like, not just putting a poster up of an album cover or a name or a logo. You add something like that that's easy for someone to read, and then it takes them, whether they feel a way about it, one way or the other about it, you get it, them engaged and that gets them, A, to remember it more, but also to be like, man, let me check this shit out. Yeah, online. yeah, right? it was
2: funny, man, because we had a big-ass billboard in Times Square and we had one in Philadelphia that said SKE Records, the biggest label in rap. You know, people was all up in my DMs, who the fuck are you? I never heard of you, but <laughs> y- y'all realize y'all all talking about me. You're giving me free promotion. Right, right,
0: yeah. right. That's my so, favorite yeah, word, marketing genius. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I know, I know, and that's the other thing I was going to touch on. I know, I know you, you are always crowning the marketing geniuses, but that's a marketing genius move right there to have the foresight to to put something like that that's going to engage that. And so for people out there that don't follow Q on social media, he's always giving he's always giving props to the marketing geniuses out there. Sometimes you catch flack for that stuff, but I I love that you highlight whether it's calculated or not, you highlight, yo, this person grabbed crazy attention and this was the
2: move. You know know what's funny? Because people always critical me, right? They critical of when I use that word. And I get people in my DMs, you always calling somebody a marketing genius, blah, 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 blah. And here's my response to them when they say that. All right. If it's so easy to become a millionaire, why you're not? Obviously, (laughs) they doing something right because you talking about them and y'all fall for it every time. And people be talking all this crap Bill Gates is a genius, not some idiot that did something stupid, but he got all of y'all talking about him, and now he's doing $30,000 a night shows. And to me, it is a marketing genius because they doing stuff that make all of y'all engage. And, you know, just like the the great P.T. Barnum said, whether they talking good about you or bad about you, they're talking about you. Mm. You know, I said this before, y'all don't find it odd that the week or a day the artist drops an album they always in the news with some crazy controversy that same week right it's so obvious right <laughs> you know what I mean so it's marketing right. you know you come over from look how crazy people went for these Popeye chicken sandwiches and they all over the news fighting and lying and it just increased the sales so my opinion when these rappers be trolling it is marketing genius because they got all of y'all talking about
0: them right right Commanding attention, like you said, is an art. If it was so easy, it, more people would be doing it.
2: Hey, You know what they say in the 48 Laws of Power? Court, court attention at all costs. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. gift, man. It's a gift. One of my favorites yes. is Young Thug and Kanye West. Okay. Young Thug. Give- <laughs> and I love Thug's music. But y'all notice every time he's about to drop an album or do... drop an album or a new single he'll say something crazy
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's definitely said some outlandish shit to your point so is Kanye you know at this point I think he's starting to get called out I think he's gotten a little he might have played that card a little too many times but I mean it still continues to work
2: and it's crazy because when you look at places like DJ Academics, Say Cheese, uh, The Shade Room people look wake up every day looking forward to reading that stuff it's their news you know. Right. Yeah. It's their news. And next thing you know, a rapper do something crazy, they all over the news.
0: Right. 100%. 100%. 100%. We, stay, we stay far from a lot of that shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, we can't, there's so much of it happening, we can't cover it all. Yup, yup, yup. It's crazy. You, well, you gotta understand, like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if a rapper got beat up or shot, you had to wait for the source to come out and get a little bit of gossip. Now, with social media, right. the news is coming out like that.
0: Right. Remember, before yeah, we heard happening. about some red
2: beef, you had to wait for the source to come out once a month and you maybe he say, she said, read a couple articles. Now, with social media, news is coming out like this.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cats are on IG Live talking shit before they're even clocked off on the live. It's on all the major websites and it's happening real. What's time. that the
2: drop of a dime?
0: Yeah. And it's an art, man. So, Q, I super appreciate you joining us and dropping some of these gems, man. Is there anything else that you would like to bless our, our listeners with? Or is there, you know, shout out where people can follow follow you at, um, which I believe is just at Q the question, I think, on all platforms. Um, but I'll let you plug that and anything else that you'd like to plug, my guy.
2: Well, you know, first and foremost, shout out to y'all for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. You know, it's been a long run over the years. You know, so big shout out to y'all for, you know, supporting my movement. Um, you know, to all the fans, listeners, you know, follow me at Q to Question, all platforms at Q to Question. If you're an up and coming artist, you got some heat, you want to send it through, follow me on social media, send me a couple of links, MP3s on my email, and we go from there. Big shout out to y'all once again. Sean Archer, new project is out for y'all. Shout out Jada Ali, her new project is out right now. Long time no speak. And I also work with an artist named Shell. Shout out to her as well. Her new video is out, Nasty Woman. And she cracked a million views. And she dropped another video called yeah. View From Down There." So, you know, shout out to them as well.
0: Killing it. Hell yeah, bro. Super appreciate you all out here on here, or joining us on here, Q. And we'll be in touch, my guy. No doubt, Thank man. You, Stay really up, man. Be it. safe,
2: y'all. Good luck with everything.
0: Thank you, man. Likewise. Appreciate you. All right, man. So that was Q man. question joining us. From Philly, the other side of the map. Um, Joey Joey touched on it on there. It's it's a it's a dope thing. Cue someone that's you know, we've been following on social media slash following us. We've just been interacting over the years. Um, some sort of mutual connection. It might have been uh Avery Turner, honestly, I think might have plugged us in yeah, early boom on. Boom. Or boom. Yeah, I can't remember. One, one, of, one or two of our connectors kind of just tapped us in. And I don't even know if it was super formal or just informal. But it was like, hey, this guy's doing this shit on the East Coast. This guy, These guys are doing this shit on the West Coast. And we didn't, you know, we didn't really make no moves or nothing. But we just, like Joey said, see him posting shit that we agreed with, comment on that shit. He's seen us posting shit he agreed with, comment on that shit. After, you know, a, a year, six months, whatever it took of that, it's like, okay, now we start DMing each other. Hey, what, what all do you do, man? You post a lot of game. And he's like, likewise. And we start tapping in. We've done a little bit of business together. We've done some collaborative uh, marketing for some projects together um, and just continue to build that ecosystem. And like he said on there, you know, we, we hadn't even really tapped in for nothing for his clients out here on the West Coast or nothing for us out there on the East Coast. But it's coming. You know, we're neither neither one of our entities is stopping. We're only going to continue to grow and expand. And, you know, by the time one of us is ready, we already got that rapport and the relationship to a certain level where 100%.
1: we're, That's what it's we're all not about starting right there. ground zero. That's what it's all about right there. Just build it. Build it to the point where you're ready, where we're ready to support when it's happening. And it's coming. It's coming. The wave has started.
0: And I think like, and like you said earlier, too, you were talking about, you know, if people want to work for a certain company, you can get on LinkedIn right now. Go to that company page. Go to people that work there and even select by city or what their job title is. Um, or job category is, and just add people. And the beautiful thing is, you don't need to message them and start pitching them. Hey, I want to do this. Hey, buy this. Hey, put me on. Hey, book me for a show. Because a, hey, that shit doesn't work. But you can s- just start <coughs> scrolling your timeline, or going to their 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 page, and then seeing their timeline, and just start authentically commenting, engaging on the shit that they share. You don't got to make it up, and you don't got to do some bullshit. It's three to five sentences. Read that shit. Pop in a little thought. And after a couple months of doing that enough, that person is going to know your name, know that you are contributing stuff to the conversation. um, And there's just rapport. And then when you send the DM, it's like, oh, I already already see you. Whether I see your post or I see you on my post, I see you. And I have some sort of like relationship or trust level built with you where now we can DM and have an actual conversation rather than just a cold conversation.
1: 100%. It's so valuable. People sleep on LinkedIn. Can't stress it enough. Don't sleep on LinkedIn.
0: And well, and LinkedIn and two for, you know, for artists out there, the same shit can be applied to Instagram. And I know we, I know we do it, but like. I did it on Twitter. I
1: was doing it on Twitter in 2010 and 11, bro. It's.
0: Yeah. There's, there's so many people I follow on Instagram and then I'll go to DM them and I'll look back and it's like, we just emoji reacted to each other's story like seven times. We've never talked in person, but we just, you know, put fire or a hundred emoji to one another's story like five or six times and then when you shoot the dm you're just like yo this is hella awkward we've just been sending emojis back for the last three <laughs> months but like what's good and then people are like oh you know and so it's like those relationships get like those little subtle comments and even emojis can turn into
1: it's language man it's language it is communication it's personality it gives people a sense of who you are what your humor is what you what you believe in what you can stand for all these things man social media is an extension of A brand a personality of all those things i don't care if people hate that that it's it's for people who use it for this purpose this is what this is what it is and a lot of people use it like this so right
0: it's it's and i mean and and it's crazy like you know like obviously like i'm a father right i'm like the only person on the rmr squad, not the only person but the you know the main person on the main group that's got a kid and so like Joey's always like bringing up a company and I'm like oh yeah I've been talking to the owner and he's like what I was like oh we just be talking about our fucking kids back and forth on Instagram responding to our stories and so when we have an idea to pitch a company it's like yeah me and the owner of this company we've never even talked about business but we've just subtly emoji laughed at each other's kids doing dumb shit on Instagram stories like nine or ten times and so there you know it's it's there's a relationship there and so and it doesn't have to be super calculator, super strategic. It's just simply engaging with people. Now, I'm not
1: a dad. So mine are all super calculated, super strategic, and then (laughs) a bunch of authentic as well because we do be putting in some effort as well to do it. We, we we be in the digital streets. And when COVID's not going on, I'm active at events. The homies that are here, all of us active at events, going to events. We got Kush Stop Festival coming up July 3rd. We got Hazy LA on 710 July July 10th, there's a bunch of cool shit coming on, man. Hall of Flowers going on, MJ BizCon coming up, North American Weed Tour launches in August. Shit's, shit's and, popping.
0: And any event, to your credit too, I think, and to highlight and to give you some flowers, which I hate doing, um, you know, any event can be valuable. Any event, if you just go out there and network and meet people. And Joey's one of these people that's naturally good at that. And there's some people I worked with before him where it's like, we go whether we're officially there, whether we're a sponsor, whether we're a guest, whether we're a VIP or whether we're just attending a music festival, we have fun but we make sure we get value out of it. And it's something that Joey and I why we click so well is cuz it's like if we're here, we might as well be doing something. Rather than just sitting back smoking weed, not talking or just talking to one each other, one another about some bullshit, we go make move. We still smoke weed, we, we, still, always watch get the
1: show, to- we still do whatever, you we and- make move. <laughs> you and I get to this point where it's like all right, I'm bored. Like, we do what we do this already, like, everywhere. What? So, it's like, we're like, we're like, yo, we got to go meet someone. There's got to be more. Right. <laughs> like, we got to get more value out of just being here right now, getting high. <laughs> right. And it's just,
0: and it's, and it's enjoyable. And I'm not even a sociable guy, but it's enjoyable to meet new people. I mean, it makes the experience way more memorable than being like, I went there with my one friend and we sat there in fucking silence the whole time, <laughs> as opposed to, I met ten people, and I'm not even into mean people, but like I met ten people, had some dope conversations, and then I might be able to help someone out. Someone might be able to help me out. And so I think just being purposeful and like, you know, me and him are constantly telling other people that don't have that mindset. What the fuck are you even here for? <laughs> what the fuck you're are taking, you up even here for? taking up space? Stop taking up space. You could watch this shit at home on the live stream, bro. Like, what the shit. fuck are you here for?
1: Shit, there's there, there's 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 space takers, you know, taking of space right now. We gotta we gotta we gotta clip them. We got there's so. there's time wasters and space takers, and they can't be do. You all got to be making moves. Everybody watching this, I'm high as shit. I'm inspired. We got man, we just had we just had one of the true entrepreneurs who really taught us shit just from Facebook posts. This is someone yeah. that I literally. How many times have I commented on something and been like, yo, do you understand what he's saying here? This is someone who did it, who was a journalist, who worked at blogs, who probably who launched websites, who got artists probably – who his content helped artists get signed to deals. It's a big deal. The free game, whether he makes millions of dollars or not, people need to understand that it's a process. It is an incremental step-by-step thing. You've got to really, really – put in the consistent effort across the board and the right steps. Don't spend money on the wrong things, spend money on the right things. Spend time and energy on shit that is proven to work. The independent grind in the south and on the east coast, it works. Do it in where do it in the cities where it's legal. Make build communities, go talk to 100 people, go talk to 300 people. You and I did it for weed events to prove and to take the videos and to show people we're about it. You guys got to get out there and show the fans why we should care about your music. If you don't care, we're not
0: going to care. Yep. It's easy. Well, that's the thing. Like you could keep sitting on that. Cannabis brands. You if you don't care pump about pump your weed, stuff.
1: if you don't care about marketing your weed, we don't care about your weed.
0: Yeah. And what, what I mean, what, what did we talk about with our client today? Um, you know, she said something where, you know, we said, what, what do you guys sell the most? What brands do you sell the most? And she immediately said, the ones that people know. <laughs> the ones that people know are what people choose to buy, whether it's, right or wrong or whether everyone in the industry is like oh they're yeah. boof they're this or that if you know something that's what you're gonna pick it's you know a strain when
1: you first get into weed you learn about strains those are the first strains you smoke the ones you can remember and then you start realizing there's different kinds and they give you different effects in certain situations and then you start getting anxious or not anxious and you start not liking or liking things extra more or less and at that point then you start buying regular weed. If you're 21, you start you go to a shop for the first time. If you're on the West Coast, now the last few years, I think the last five or six years, there's a lot of other states that have been selling weed. So you, now there there are brands, but even still, the overwhelming majority of people, they're just going to mainly know a strain or know that there's like weed brownies or cookies. Maybe there's gummies, you know, mints, maybe, right? Oh, my friend had a, to- had a lotion she mentioned, you know? There's really, and there's, and, Unless your, unless your brand is frequently doing things to stay top of mind, people are just vaguely remembering some shit that they had, right. just, some shit they
0: had. Just, I mean, it's the same thing for musicians. You put your, you you upload your music to Spotify where literally every, almost every fucking song in the history of songs is, is it in people's fingertips? If people don't know you, you know, they have to search you to find you first of all. And if they don't know you, they're not searching you. So you're not known, man. You're not getting spins. And, we specifically
1: and- encourage clients and we also pay people to send DMs that sound like, hey, my name is this. Sorry for the random message, but I just wanted to introduce myself and put me on your radar because I think you might like this kind of music. I think you might like this kind of weed. I think my brand might be able to help you because I'm, I'm local to you. Those kinds of things might be considered spam to some people. But again, those are the kinds of people that I talk to. So I don't know. If you do
0: it if you do it calculated and strategic it's not spam. If you just send out the message, "Hey, I dropped a new track, love for you to hear it." That's spam. But if you are a Philadelphia rapper and you message people in Philadelphia, "Hey, I'm a Philadelphia rapper really trying to build and connect with my local fans. I just dropped a song about my love for Philadelphia." that's sure that's spam, but that's still calculated spam to an extent where you're going to connect with people rather than just a link or a bullshit story. That's not relevant to them. Yep.
1: You know, I'm definitely not encouraging copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, but copy, paste, and then send a real message right after that. Be efficient, be efficient, be real, be yourself. There's nothing stopping you from sending a little video that says, Hey, sorry for that message, but I just wanted to let you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, Do something that makes it more real than just copy paste if you have a problem with it, but I'll be real. We do it. It works. Uh, We've we've done posters. We do flyers. We do all kinds of different marketing tactics, whether it's in the streets and online and more or less positive feedback almost all the time. Seth just said calculated spam Musabi. (laughs) (laughs) Seth knows I love that spam Musabi, man. Come on. Uh, yeah well shoot oh All right. well, yep. shoot i keep dropping the we're a
0: little bit we're a little bit over the hour we try and keep it around an hour so that's episode 15 big up secure the question from Phil joining us from philly at like a shit he got it He you know he was here 11 11 p.m to midnight and like you said at the start of the episode he had just stop, got in the house about he don't 10, 15 minutes before we did sound check so you don't uh, stop yeah so he's he's grinding he's moving joey and i are probably about to work right after this Um, so I hope everybody out there that's watching this, if you took notes, put those notes into action, whether you took notes or not, I hope you get to work after this, man. Um, we'll check in with you guys next week.
1: We love you guys. Peace.